0: Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy, and ask that you speak a word to us this night that would uh, open our hearts to you more deeply. Thank you, Jesus. I'll just ask a question. Um, When was the last time you thought of heaven? Do you spend much time thinking of heaven? If you're like me, probably not, because we've got so much to do, haven't we? We're very busy. We've got many things in front of us that we have to get done immediately. All these appointments we've got to meet and things, deadlines we've got to come to and everything like that. So, we find ourselves not really thinking beyond what's in front of us. But we know from our baptism that all are destined for heaven. So, it's worth thinking about occasionally, isn't it? Because you have to know where you're going, don't you? If we cooperate with the grace of God, that's where we're intended to go to heaven. Now this is something that we preach and I was preaching on the streets one day in civic as we do sometimes, go in there and preach away. And so I was trying to sort of get this concept going of how we're all headed towards heaven. If you cooperate, otherwise there's another direction. And so I shouted out Where are you going? And this fellow walking by said, Well actually I'm going over to the shops to Woolies and I'm going to buy (laughs) my (laughs) groceries. So he didn't really quite get the point. but, um, But we are busy, aren't we? And we don't reflect that much upon our lives, maybe, like we should. Because we have a destiny before us in heaven. It's spoken about in the second reading where Paul says, "I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor heart of man conceived what God has in store for those who love him. And we can't even think or imagine what God has in store. But it's good to be thinking about this because it puts into our heart a deep hope. Because no matter how much we try on this earth to find happiness, it will always in some way be conditioned. Our ultimate happiness is in heaven. And the, all the cry that's deep within the heart, and the deepest yearnings of my heart for love and for life and joy and freedom and everything, can only be established in heaven. And we're on this pilgrim journey here where we have a, a journey, oftentimes, of many disappointments. I don't want to make it too dismal <laughs> sounding, but you know what I mean if you've been on the journey for a while. There's a priest friend of mine, he's now dead. God bless him, I'm sure he's in heaven. Uh, Father Joseph Serapha, some of you may remember him. I was with him in the cathedral many years ago. And he used to come back from going out amongst the people and working with the people in the parish. And he'd come back at lunchtime and he'd say, Ah, valley of tears and world of sorrows. (laughs) Because he was listening to the hearts of people the valley of tears and the world of sorrows. If it all ends here, my goodness, is that all there is? But we are pilgrims on a journey. Uh, There's no lasting dwelling place here. Our ultimate dwelling place is in heaven. And the Holy Spirit, we're told in that reading, is given to us so that we'll have wisdom to be able to walk through this journey here on earth without falling into despair and discouragement. But we'll have the Spirit of God within us to give us hope because the Spirit is already the first instalment of what is yet to come in heaven. You know when uh, you go and buy a car you put down a down payment maybe and say, I'll be back. (laughs) <laughs> Usually you come back. Uh, and, and, and Well, God has put down a down payment within you. He's claimed upon you, the Spirit dwelling within you. That's the already part. He's already claimed you as his own. The not yet is that there's a journey towards heaven. But he's claimed you. So that's the hope, the the first instalment in Greek, the Arab that's been given to us, the Spirit of God. Uh, That's our hope. It's based in reality, not some wishful thinking, oh, well, maybe I'll get to heaven, or or maybe it'll rain tomorrow. That's wishful thinking. But no, this is an assurance of your salvation, given by the Spirit who lives within you through your baptism, and as long as you cooperate with the work of the Spirit, that's where you're going, right? So, we don't go by the wisdom of the world, but by the wisdom of God. So God in his wisdom, he gives us eyes to see. He gives us his heart for interpreting the things that happen in this world. We had it in the just before the Gospel, you know, where Jesus cried out, Blessed are you, and, uh, Blessed are you, Lord God of all, God our Father, for you've, you've revealed these things to the, the little ones, not to the wise and clever of this world. They're hidden from the wise and the clever of this world, but those who are little before God, they receive the mysteries of God, to have the wisdom of God, to see what's really important in life and what, what's worth spending your time on. I see people spending their time on amazingly worthless things that are not going to at all contribute towards anything very much. But, of course, it could be a good thing to do. But ultimately, we have to be working for our salvation. Ultimately, we're going somewhere. So it says in Scripture that God chose the foolish, that's us, foolish in the eyes of the world, to confound the wise, you know. And He chose what's weak to confound the strong. See, most people, uh, uh, according to the way I see it anyway, uh, and we're all caught up in this some way, the, the wisdom of the world, where we're trying to make ourselves look good before others, trying to be beautiful, trying to be attractive, trying to be famous, trying to be successful, trying to be at the top of the pile, trying to be the person with the power and influence around the place. That sort of thing is the wisdom of the world. But the wisdom of God, when the Spirit comes upon us, shows us the truth that underneath all that facade that people put on, there is just simply a broken, wounded, frightened person. That's you and me. If we drop the facade for a while, it's just that brokenness, that woundedness, Life has a way of wounding us and we hurt within. And the Spirit comes to show us that and not to be afraid of that, not to be afraid of our weakness and our brokenness. This is what attracts God to us. That's what Jesus said, I didn't come for those who are well and got all together. I came for the sick, those who the wounded, those who are in need of help. Otherwise, we're beyond the help of God. Well, that would be a strange position to take up, wouldn't it? Because really the reality is that we're all suffering in some way. There's a bit of a valley of tears in the world of sorrows in many ways. Huh? Uh, there is a suffering that comes, and Paul says, he addresses this, where he says the suffering that we endure now on this earthly pilgrimage is nothing compared to the glory that is yet to come when we reach our our final uh, destiny in God. You know, you can take lots of tranquilizers, of course, and that will give you some relief. (laughs) But um, not that effective. The Holy Spirit comes to console us bring us the presence of Jesus, and, and we find Christ within us, who is our friend, and, and, and who guides us along the way, and, and, and it lifts the burdens that can weigh so heavily upon us, and enables us to, even though we experience his cross, because he suffered with us before us, to go through that, Right? So the suffering we endure now is nothing compared to the glory that is yet to come. For some reason or other today I've had ringing in my mind, in my heart, the words of St Paul in Romans 8 where he talks about a groaning. He says that the whole of creation is groaning in one great act of giving birth. then he says, we too groan inwardly, we too groan inwardly, as we await the redemption that is yet to come. There's a groaning within, uh, a creaking and groaning as it were, where we're, we're, we're longing deep within ourselves for the fullness that is yet to come. We realize it's incomplete at the moment. Things go terribly wrong in life, do they not? Bewildering circumstances occur. Uh, uh, rotten things happen to us. And we know that that can't be the full story. And the Spirit within us gives us a confidence because we know the Spirit reveals to us that Jesus is Entered into, he was born into our mess. He was born into our struggle, into our pain, into our our suffering. He endured suffering on the cross in an excruciating way, more so than anyone else has. He endured that for our sake so that our suffering would actually make sense. And we'd find meaning in it when it comes into our lives, when we're hurting deep within. We don't have to try and cover that up and try and make it look good before others and say, I'm the successful person. I can be in a heap and not feel bad about that, because I know Christ is with me. And I know that he rose from the dead, because he's risen from the dead, he's the glorious Christ and I too can share in that resurrection. So it goes on in that text, there's a beautiful text at Romans 8, where Paul says, He comes to help us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit comes to help us in our weakness. I find that very consoling, (laughs) that the Holy Spirit comes to help us in our weakness. And, And when we can't pray, and how true that is, you know, No matter whether you're one of those great saints of history, I've just been reading some of the saints, and what I found is they can't pray. And you and I, we know we can't pray. And oftentimes the circumstances of our lives are such that we just feel, I'm just overwhelmed by the whole thing. I find it often when I go to the chapel, I'm just overwhelmed by what I'm dealing with in life and find myself just unable to utter anything to God. But Paul says, when you're like that, then the spirit within will utter groans too deep for words. That for me is a definition of prayer. The spirit utters within me, groans too deep for words. And I feel those groans within me. I can't articulate what's going on. But I know that I'm in the presence of God and he is sustaining me. He's giving me hope. Otherwise i just collapse into nothing. But he gives hope. This is the prayer of of the Christian Because we're longing for the fulfilment that has not yet come. And we know that the stuff that happens in life so often just speaks of that reality that we're unfulfilled. We haven't yet come to the completion that God intended for us. And so we cry out from the depth of our being. I remember uh, one of the people that was close to Pope John Paul II, who is now Saint John Paul II, said that before his morning mass he used to pray by himself in the chapel. And the way he prayed was face down with his arms out uh, in a cross form, cruciform, prostrate on the ground. And he said you could hear audible groans coming from within him. You know, the weight of the, the Catholic world, the weight of all the problems of the world upon him, huh? just groaning before God. Huh? That's how I find prayer is. It's like that. And knowing that my ultimate healing and the ultimate restoration of of difficult circumstances and the ultimate restoration of the world will only come in the end. When we share in the glorious resurrection of Christ in the fullness of, of, of time, in the end, when the Lord comes again, until then we'll always be incomplete. But not without hope. Because we have that guarantee built into us by God who has won us for himself when he hung on that cross for our sake, now risen and given us his Spirit as a guarantee deep within me that all will be well. Even though it seems like it's just chaotic at the moment of falling apart and into pieces. But all will be well because he is with me. He lives within me. The Spirit of God within. This is the joyful news of the resurrection that Jesus didn't remain hanging on that cross but he rose from the dead the spirit brings the resurrected Christ to within us giving us hope giving us strength when we feel we've lost all strength giving us direction and purpose because we can get so dispersed in our thinking and so scattered because of the things that the calamities that happen in our life We can sort of feel like we're just shattered and lying on the ground. But the Holy Spirit is there within, always giving us hope. And so let's pray for more of the Holy Spirit in these days. Let's pray for more of that deepening in God that we need so that we will be sustained through this valley of tears and world of sorrows. We'll always have able to lift up our eyes again to the Lord to look upon him, uh, the radiance of his face, and to know the beauty of God revealed to us by the Spirit, and so that we'll be drawn more and more into union with him. And nothing can overcome us, and nothing can separate us from the love of God made visible in Jesus Christ. Blessed